Evan Black and Stone. Israel Gutierrez, Harry Lyles Jr. and the return of Dominic Foxworth to the show. My man, thank you. Coming in today. Nice bonuses. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The necessary player accomplishment year service fan adoration ratio. That's what I'm looking for in the trivia video because the Mets pushed it to the max last night. Today, also, a claim of tanking before a season starts. Could it be worth it if Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. are within reach? And a quarterback who is upset, his teammates are calling him Sir because it makes him feel old. <laughs> Sirs, how do we feel about that? <laughs> Dominique, you ever call any of your teammates Sir when you were a young player? In the league? No, oh, no. I mean, uh, we were not that coy with our insults. We just called him old man or grandpa. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Ronald Acuna Jr., four for five last night, five RBI on a night. Two spectators in Colorado came out of the stands to hug him, selfie with him, tackle him. Could have been scary. Ended without further incident or injury. What happens here usually is you get arrested, then maybe you get the opportunity to introduce yourself to a judge, which is not great. And maybe there's a fine or JT, who knows? Either way, not a great way to start your fall. So there was that last night, and also we could talk about Acuna's season now, a home run away from the first 30-60 season in baseball history. 30 home runs. 60 stolen bases. It's September. We're putting up some MVP candidates as well, but Acuna might be at the top of your list. We'll start in Atlanta. Harry Lyles Jr., you've been watching Ronald Acuna Jr. all season, all of his career in this league on his night last night. Tony, the thing that I couldn't get over for as great of a night as he had at the plate the whole fan interaction thing made everybody in this city hold their breath, right? I mean, first off, I don't think that you can look at a situation like this. Anytime a fan goes out onto the field, they've already decided and know that, hey, I'm going to jail. So you, when someone's out there, you cannot assume the best. And in, in, even in this situation where it looked like it was fine, that's still not a great situation. And it was more concerning, not just once they get to him, but he fell down. And we're not talking about somebody that has had a great history with their health on the field. So when you see him go down, we're talking about somebody that has torn their ACL and that, you know, has been an issue with him in Atlanta in the case where he has not been able to make his potential that we're seeing this season with him as an NL MVP candidate because of those things. And watching that last night, it was just like, oh my gosh, is this the way that this is going to end? If this is the way that's going to happen again? So in another circumstance, I would hope that security would be able to stop guys before they're getting to one of the most recognizable players in the sport. Israel Gutierrez? What bothers me about this is the fans that justify this with good intentions by saying, hey, I'm just going out there to take a <laughs> selfie. I'm just going out there to say, you know, high five my favorite player. Security is not going to go up to you and say, um, excuse me, madam, can you please leave the field? It's going to be a very physical situation. If you happen to get to the player, it could be like last night where Acuna falls down. You don't know what the situation could be. You've got another fan coming and the security guard taking him out. You don't know what the end results will be. So you can't justify this act. Stay off of the field. It doesn't matter if you're just going for a cute moment. As for Acuna and his MVP, look, I do think Mookie Betts obviously is having a big run in these last two weeks and has overtaken him as the favorite 
favorite, but that just seems odd to me, given that, you know, Acuna has been the favorite since late uh, mid-April. And at this point, yes, he, uh, Mookie Betts did have that two-week stretch or is having a great stretch now, but you've got another month to go. And so to me, it's neck and neck. I don't know if uh, Mookie Betts should be the clear favorite. It seems like it's neck and neck with Acuna a full month to be able to go ahead and take over that. Kevin Blackstone? Um, to what Izzy was saying about the violent takedown, that's what it's got to be. Um, this can, there can be no corner for people coming onto the field. Friday night, we heard about a, a gun going off at a Chicago White Sox game. Turns out a woman had smuggled the gun into the stadium. So this is, what, this is the reality of what you're dealing with. We don't know what the real danger is. And so my solution for this in all leagues is that people who do this, they should be banned from coming into stadiums anymore. That just put an end to this right now. It's just too dangerous. We live in an atmosphere right now that we can't afford to have things like this happen. As far as Acuna and, and, and Betts, who are neck and neck right now in the MVP race, I think Acuna obviously did well the other night. But I think that Betts, with the home runs, um, with his war uh, rating right now, with his RBIs, he's got about 20 more ribbies, I think, than, than, uh, uh, than Acuna. RBIs he's still making the... an appearance in uh, MVP discussion Absolutely. in the year of our Lord 2023. All right, I respect you there for that, Kevin Blackstone. I want to go deeper into the MVP discussion in a second. But first, we have Dominique Foxworth with us here, years in the NFL and, of course, college football. Has a fan ever run on the field in your instance? And did you ever even consider that in your head? That First of all, Harry, you said a lot of words and got zero points, so I don't know <laughs> what you're doing wrong, but uh, <laughs> reality is not appreciating yeah, your yeah. contribution. Yeah, well. And I think that uh, Acuna had a number of hits, but he needed one more hit. And to your question, it never happened. I always wanted it to happen. As a football player, maybe it's a different mindset, but the opportunity to just launch yourself into someone with no repercussions, and also you're doing the right thing. Acuna needed one more hit. He needed a right hook because that'll keep people from running on the field. And if he gets, if whoever runs on the field gets past security, then yes, you should get a hook. And having that in Atlanta reminds me of the Hank Aaron moment where even though I saw that recorded years after it happened, it still made me nervous. Like, this never makes me feel comfortable. Mm. Anyone who's crazy crazy enough to run out on the field in that situation is crazy enough to do a lot of things. So I advocate for right hooks and drop kicks for anybody who comes on the field. Last night's game was in Colorado, of course. But Mike Curtis is a famous uh, Google that, young players or young fans at home, at least the story of that. Um, There was no points in the discussion about fans storming a field because what are we doing if we're going to score that argument? But I will score the MVP discussion for Harry Lyles now. Uh, It's bets, I guess. Israel, you're saying he's only had a good two weeks. He's, his OPS has been over 1,000 for the last three months. But Harry Lyles, who do you have in the MVP NL? Look, if Mookie Betts keeps this up, the way that he has had the Dodgers surging, I think you have to consider him. But if we're talking about the MVP of the season, it's Ronald Acuna. It's the body of work. Atlanta has been surging the entire season. They've barely had any lulls, and he has been the catalyst for that. It's got to be Ronald Acuna. We we gave up on stolen bases as a statistic a long time ago. But 30-60 for the first time in Major League Baseball history, that's something as well. More stolen bases than three entire teams. Yeah, yeah. It is. A You're welcome, scene. Harry, for those sympathy points that I, I advocated for. I got you. So you can't get points for saying, I love it. I think it's a, it's a fire argument to say you should have uh, a couple right hooks, but you're not going to get points. We'll move on. Let's talk some football now. Why Cardinals and tanking? 
have been trending for the last 24, 48 hours because it's 12 days until the first game of the season. And does anybody know their starting quarterback? Is it Josh Dobbs, who they brought in last week? Is it Clayton Toon, a rookie? Is it David Blount? We don't know, but the, the QB room has Kyler Murray in it, but he's physically unable to perform until at least week five of the season. And it appears the plan from rookie coach Jonathan Gannon and rookie GM Monte Austinfort is release Colt McCoy, who was the expected starter, trade away sometime starter Isaiah Simmons and Josh Jones, and have everybody believe you're tanking the season. Dominique, let me ask you this. Do you think the Cardinals are tanking, and is it okay if they are? I think they are, and it's not okay. Um, when the Dolphins were tanking for Tua, I did a poor job of explaining the reasons why I thought it was morally reprehensible, but I will be clearer now. I do think it's morally reprehensible to do that because all the players that are there have, like, sacrificed their entire lives to get to an opportunity to, see, to succeed in the NFL, and you are shortchanging them. I think there is an implicit understanding when you sign a contract that I will work as hard as I can for you, and you will do the best that you can to allow me to succeed actively trying to uh, force them to fail so that you can get a quarterback I think is a terrible thing to do and I also don't think it works you're better off in a complex game like football having a well-built team and a mediocre quarterback that you get in the middle of the first round than having a trash team and a great quarterback that you get uh, at the top of the first round with the exception of Caleb Williams because he's really that good so yeah, <laughs> okay so you may parse into there let me ask you a follow-up question is there a difference between a management system saying this is what we're going to do and, a, and the players themselves being put in position to fail. Does that make sense to you? I, I mean, people say te yeah. players don't tank, teams tank. Is there a difference to you? Yeah. There is no difference. I think that's even worse, honestly, is if you are the owner of the team or the general manager and you are getting paid to make your team worse, I think that is completely unfair to them. And to my point, it's like it's such a complex game. It's not basketball or baseball is a better example where you can be, you can be isolated and still show how good you are. You cannot, in football, you cannot demonstrate how good you are without the support of reliable, good players around you. And if you're running all the good players out of the league or out of your team, you're setting up the rest of those players to fail at something that they have been sacrificing to get to their entire career. Ariel, I'll bring despicable. you in here. Do you believe the Cardinals are tanking? And knowing what's down the pipe, you cover college football, is that okay? I agree with Fox that it's not okay, but, buddy, they are tanking out loud because they see a lot of gold in front of them, not just with Caleb Williams, but in Jordan Reed's latest mock draft on ESPN.com. Hey, these guys have the Texans pick as well. They might get Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, we are talking about two generational types of talents, especially at the wide receiver position where we are seeing some of the most skilled play that we've ever seen in the game of football. I mean, Marvin Harrison's dad is one of the better receivers of all time, and he looks like he's going to end up better than his father. So the Cardinals are going to continue to do this. They've been doing it all offseason. They haven't signed new guys when they've let all their best guys walk, and they're probably going to look at their fans and be like, hey, we're not doing this to you. We're doing this for you, but it doesn't make it right. Israel Gutierrez, bring you in. I agree 1,000% with Dominique, and adding to his point that it normally doesn't work, let's say Kyler Murray does come back in Week 5. You've got to put him on the field. You've got to let him play, and he's got to look good so you have high trade value for him. He could get you five or six wins right there, and it blows the entire tanking situation. So I like the idea of tanking because it's not really against the rules, but I don't like the idea of putting players in poor positions and announcing it from the very beginning because it's lose-lose for everybody. KB? 
Tanking has become so endemic in sports and now in the NFL that we're talking about tanking before the season even yeah. begins. This is absolutely outrageous. It is, it, is, it is reprehensible. It is deplorable. It is all of that. And not only that, what are the Cardinals doing as a franchise? Look at what they've done just the past few years. I mean, they, they, they fire a coach in his first year. They go out and move everything around so they can get Kyler Murray and the coach that wants him. Now he's gone. The, the, that coach is gone. Kyler Murray's on the pup list. And you want him to come out and lose for the for the future of this franchise. If I'm a fan of the Cardinals, if I'm a ticket-buying fan of the Cardinals, I'm not buying tickets. Dominique, could you see it, though, as, well, a first-time coach and a first-time GM come in and they're like, you know what, we don't like any of the guys the guys before us had, and this is how we're going to deal with it. Yeah, not when you release your starting quarterback and not even trade him. Like, that doesn't make any sense. They, they look like they're trying to be bad. And I hope when Caleb Williams, I hope it works. And I hope they get the first overall, overall pick. And I hope Caleb Williams says, nah, I'm going to go back another year. Foxworth, <laughs> 16. Lyle, Junior, 10. Gutierrez, 6. And Blackstone, 10. By herself next. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. U.S. Open. Coco Goff needed three sets to get past her first-round match with Laura Siegelman. 35-year-old qualifier Siegelman played slow. Did it bother Goff? Let's see. Nothing easy about that match. Describe what it was like to play it. Slow. Here she is with Cherum during the match as well, voicing her irk. Harry, where do you come down on the intentional slow play and your takeaway from Goff's first match? I'm buying Coco here. She didn't start actually complaining about it until the third set when she was up three games to none. And she said, hey, like, you have to go at my pace on my serve, which is correct. And with Siegman, you know, she was upset with how the fans were reacting because she was not keeping up with the pace of play. But you can't really ask for empathy or sympathy if you are know that you are in the wrong. So I will say this with Coco, say something sooner in the match so you don't fall down and get to a third set. Gutierrez. 
Yeah, she would have looked like she was a little bit of a sore loser after losing the first set complaining at that point, but I'm with Coco 100%. Everything I've ever known about tennis is at the server's pace. You play at the server's pace, so don't wait for her to be ready. Go ahead and serve, and look, if the, if the crowd thinks that you're being a poor sport, then hey, remind them what the rules of the game are, because the umpire certainly wasn't enforcing them. Yeah, I mean, you could say this is gamesmanship on Siegelman's exactly. part, but it really wasn't. It was unsportsmanlike because this is not what you do in tennis, as Izzy just pointed out. You are expected to be ready for the serve coming at you. And not only that, it didn't work for her anyway. She got crushed, and Coco's on a good roll hey, right now. Some part, gamesmanship, she's 16 years old, a 35-year-old qualifier going up against one of the great players of the game who's 19. Can you see it, Dominique? Can you see her trying some delay tactics? Well, I mean, when you have <laughs> okay. a lead, yeah, 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 yeah. sometimes no, no. is wise. No. You're doing Woody yeah. Page I material mean, now. It's a strategy. No. It's, it's a strategy. strategy. <laughs> I mean, it's not against the rules. I don't ascribe to most unwritten rules. If there is a rule that you want uh, at the um, server's yeah. pace, write it down. Siegerman trying to get our little advantage. Go ahead, get your Dominique, I know, I know you're a dad of the year nominee. Uh, you've seen Zootopia with the kids before in the sloth. That's what that reminded me of. That's, I'll give you points back for that. We'll move on. Liberty 94, Aces 85, another spicy, oddly big spread matchup between these two. It's 3-2 in the head-to-head -head this season, but 2-2 in the standings. And Vegas is one and a half up there still, but are you sensing a shift in power here? Israel, could the Liberty be proving their final favorite then? Yeah, not necessarily. I think part of the reason, if you look at the Aces, maybe a little fatigued, played a lot of games. Becky Hammond even suggested that maybe she would go the pop route and rest some of her players there. But I think one element that maybe doesn't get talked about as, about as much is the Aces without Candace Parker because of her foot injury. They've been getting by other teams, but they struggled against the Liberty without Parker. Will she be back if they do meet in the playoffs? We don't know yet, but I think that's uh, one of the little details that maybe doesn't get looked into. JB? Well, we could start with them losing to the Mystics uh, with Ella, uh, Elena Deladon oh, back uh, with yeah, the Mystics right. as well. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, I still think the Aces are clearly head and shoulders above the rest of the league. I'm not going to take too much from their record with the Liberty. I think that they've throttled it down just a little bit, and I think they'll be good for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, they have a, a better record, a better point differential, and are not completely healthy. I don't think that we can shift the power or the balance of power in the, the um, Liberty's favor because of the end-season record. I think I'm biased in part because Kelsey Plum, I like her taste in uh, football players. So I, I, I go with the, the, with the team that marries football players over the, over the opponent every time. Harry Lyles, Jr. Yeah, look, the Aces look more human, but I still think that they are the team to beat. They've lost four of their last seven, and the Liberty have looked a lot better since Jean-Paul Jones started playing like the player that we know that she is in mid-July. So I, I do think that this will be a more compelling finals if we get there, but the Aces, to me, are still the favorites. Dominique Foxworth, are you regretting going with the Woody Page joke for your answer in slow play? <laughs> I have no regret. Uh, open, <laughs> open up that shirt, that jacket. Let's see, is that is that the Terps there? That one, Testudo, there it is. All right, yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah. All right, that's it. Yeah, Earth trapping. For Blackstone and Foxworth, Lyle the Jew, Turtle, and Gutierrez. Showdown next.
With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Harry Lyles Jr.'s Gutierrez in Showdown. I had a streak going on, Harry, of never knowing somebody who's been fanned down by a billionaire music mogul. But you broke the streak, Harry. You broke it. Because now you can say P. Diddy is a fan. <laughs> You're not. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not old enough to get this, but this is a passing of the torch, by the way. You now have your own Fonsworth Bentley, and it's Puff. That's who it is. Let's go to showdown. Yeah. Come on. Younger players on the L.A. Rams. Uh, are they calling Matthew Stafford sir? That's what we're hearing from Matthew Stafford's wife, Kelly Stafford. She dished this out on her podcast, and she said Stafford is having a hard time gelling with his teammates. That it's not like it was with the Detroit Lions. Harry, is this something or nothing, sir? I mean, it's it's got to be something, right? Because he's going home and talking to his wife about it. I, I think ultimately it's fine, and there's got to be some level of acceptance that you're not going to relate to all the young guys on your team, but it's not nothing, that's for sure. Israel? Well, Kelly's not helping in this situation, but Matthew should just sort of lean into the how do we do fellow kids and just put on your <laughs> Steph Curry ones, send out invites for like a pickleball tournament and something and just get everybody together. Come on, just lean into it. I think you got to lean into it. it. Happens to all of us. It's happening to Matthew Stafford right now. We'll move on. The Mets gave Max Scherzer a tribute video last night. He was in Queens for a year and a half. They gave him a 35-second video and Mets fans booed it. Israel, I got to ask, did Max Scherzer deserve a tribute video for the Mets? What is the necessary years of service and accomplishment and fan adoration ratio you need for a tribute video? Well, I got to ask what exactly they were thanking him for. Thank you for just going out there and taking the mound. Look, this is about as close as the Florida Marlins giving a tribute video to Mike Piazza when he played seven games there for the Marlins and coming back. This is kind of embarrassing. Scherzer should have just covered his face and sort of given one of those to the camera. Harry Lyles. 
Yeah, Tony, the New York Mets' inability to create a roster makes a lot more sense when they very obviously can't even read the room. He played 43 games for them. Unless this is a troll, this is a terrible, terrible idea. We should have a tribute video to Dominique for coming on the show today uh, for the first time in three years since his eighth appearance. Israel Gutierrez, 30 seconds of FaceTime. Thank you, Tony. I wanted to give you an update on America's favorite football club, plucky old Inter-Miami, and their new player, Lionel Messi. There's 11 games left, and they're 11 points behind of the final playoff spot. But Messi's not going to necessarily be available for all of those games. There are two more international breaks, one in September, one in October. And even though Inter-Miami only has one game during that break, and that's the final of the U.S. Open Cup, Messi, because he plays for Argentina, could miss as many as three games. So you're talking about potentially eight games only with Messi of the 11, 11 remaining with 11 points to make up. This is quite the uh, run for the playoffs, and I think everybody should be watching. Mm, it's going to be great to watch. All right, we're on a 23 and a half hour break. Dominique, here's your trivia video. Ready? Roll tape. <laughs>